the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Friday, May 26, 2023. I am Seth Liebson. Got the full compliment team here. We got Bill to my right. We got David Dahl sitting right in front of me between two panes of bulletproof glasses. Uh, as we do around here, six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero is the number. Six zero two fifty eighty nine sixty open line Fridays. Uh, wanted to um, have a uh, deliberately uh, short amount, small amount of guests today, uh, especially going into a holiday weekend, to give as much time to you as um, as you may want. This is a special day as we head into Memorial Day weekend. By the way, is it me or does there seem to be a little less about Memorial Day this year than in years past? Has our honoring of this country and things that touch the soul within it become so down market that we hardly think of these massively pregnant with important moments with much honor anymore? I suppose if you are told again and again and again that wearing a mask is your symbolism of patriotism while refusing to stand for the national anthem is the moral thing to do, you can attenuate patriotism so much that it really doesn't amount to much anymore. So I wonder, does honor continue to have a future here? Well, here it certainly does. Let me start our weekend this way. My great teacher, Harry Jaffa, the man who turned my head right and is responsible for teaching me at least 20%, 25% of what I know, dedicated his 1974 book, The Conditions of Freedom, to one of his students. Here's what Professor Jaffa wrote in the opening dedication in that book. Quote, Billy Peterson was one of my students at Claremont Men's College. We had formed a friendship of the kind that young men and older ones sometimes do form when they are fellow hobbyists or fellow enthusiasts of a sport, bicycling in our case. Many mornings saw the two of us before dawn, wheeling eastward through the foothills of the San Gabriel Mountains. When the pace slackened and when the ride was over, we talked constantly of a wide variety of subjects, most of them political. Yet I cannot recall that military service was a question or a problem in his mind, although no generation in American history was ever so racked or tormented by it as was his. He was neither an objector himself nor belligerent towards those who did object. Yet he was a highly intelligent young man, as capable as any, of examining the opinions of those about him. His patriotism was so natural to him that I think he was hardly aware of it. Billy volunteered for the Naval Air Service. He volunteered for the Helicopter Corps. He volunteered for service in Vietnam. When his tour of duty there was completed, he learned that his replacement would not arrive at the unit for ten days. Rather than subject the men with whom he had served to extra duty, he volunteered once more, to serve until his replacement arrived. On the second day after answering this final call, he was killed in action. Besides numerous lesser decorations, Billy was awarded the Navy's Air Medal with Strike Flight numeral 25, indicating 25 Strike Flight Awards. He also received the 
Navy Commendation Medal with a Combat V. Billy Peterson was a scholar, an athlete, an officer, and a gentleman. He was one of those golden lads of whom A.E. Hausman wrote, who went to war not gaily, but without a doubt that freedom and duty spoke with a single voice. Had he lived, he might have served his country with distinction in any other post of honor or responsibility. It is with deep affection and gratitude that I dedicate to his memory the conditions of freedom, close quote. Well, bless you, Billy Peterson and Dr. Jaffa, for memorializing him. Memorializing. That's what we are here to do today. This is not Veterans Day. Veterans Day celebrates all who wore the uniform of the United States, those living, those not, those who went to battle and suffered and died for this country, and those who made it through. Not this. This is the day, this is the weekend, this is the holiday that honors those who gave their last full measure of devotion to this country, their lives. And as per our custom, I'll play taps at the end of the show with what little I can offer as my salute to them all. This holiday was originally called Decoration Day and honored soldiers who had died during the Civil War. Immediately after the war, various towns in the North and South began to set aside days to decorate soldiers' graves with flowers and flags. Those earliest memorial observances occurred in Waterloo, New York, Columbus, Mississippi, Richmond, Virginia, Carbondale, Illinois, Bullsburg, Pennsylvania, and several other places. The first widespread observance of Decoration Day was on May 30th, 1868, which Major General John A. Logan proclaimed as a day to honor the dead. General James Garfield, later the 20th President of the United States, gave a speech at Arlington National Cemetery in remembrance of fallen soldiers, saying that, quote, for love of country, they accepted death and thus resolved all doubts and made immortal their patriotism and their virtue, close quote. Afterward, 5,000 people helped decorate the graves of more than 20,000 Union and Confederate soldiers. Over the years, the day became an occasion to remember the dead in all American wars and came to be known as Memorial Day. Just before the holiday, a tradition known as Flags Inn, the soldiers of the 3rd United States Infantry placed small flags before more than a quarter million gravestones at Arlington National Cemetery. They then patrolled 24 hours a day to make sure each flag remained standing throughout the weekend. On Memorial Day, the president or vice president lays a wreath at the, tome of the, at the tomb of the unknown soldier in the cemetery. According to the U.S. flag code, American flags should be flown at half-staff until noon on Memorial Day, then raised to the top of the pole. At 3 p.m. local time, all Americans are asked to pause for a moment of remembrance. The sight before us is that of a strong and good nation that stands in silence and remembers those who were loved and who in return loved their countrymen enough to die for them. President Reagan said on May 31, 1982, after laying a wreath at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. The Tomb of the Unknown Soldier stands on a hill overlooking Washington, D.C. One of the most solemn monuments in our country, it honors all the U.S. soldiers whose remains have never been identified. Beneath the eight-foot-tall white marble tomb lies the body of an unknown soldier from World War I, placed there in 1921. Inscribed on the tomb are the words, Here rests in honored glory an American soldier known but to God. The tombs of unknown soldiers from World War II, the Korean War, the Vietnam War lie nearby. The remains of the Vietnam unknown were identified by DNA testing in 1998, so they were removed and that tomb is now empty. 
Members of the 3rd U.S. Infantry guard the tomb 24 hours a day, 365 365 days a year. Now, all of this puts me in natural mind of what Ronald Reagan spoke at Arlington National Cemetery on Memorial Day 1986. He said, talking of those buried there, quote, They loved America very much. There was nothing they wouldn't do for her. And they loved with the sureness of the young. It's hard not to think of the young in a place like this, for it's the young who do the fighting and dying when a peace fails and a war begins. Not far from here is the statue of the three servicemen, the three fighting boys of Vietnam. It, too, has majesty and more. Perhaps you've seen it. Three rough rough boys walking together, looking ahead with a steady gaze. There's something wounded about them, a kind of resigned toughness. But there's an unexpected tenderness, too. At first, you don't really notice, but then you see it. The three are touching each other, as if they're supporting each other, helping each other on. I know that many veterans of Vietnam will gather to... (coughs) I know that many veterans of Vietnam will gather today some of them perhaps by the wall, and they're still helping each other on. They were quite a group, the boys of Vietnam, boys who fought a terrible and vicious war without enough support from home, boys who were dodging bullets while we debated the efficacy of the battle. It was often our poor who fought in that war. It was the non-pampered boys of the working class who picked up the rifles and went on the march. They learned not to rely on us. They learned to rely on each other. And they were special in another way. They chose to be faithful. They chose to reject the fashionable skepticism of their time. They chose to believe and answer the call of duty. They had the wild courage of youth. They seized certainty from the heart of an ambivalent age, and they stood for something. And we owe them something, those boys. We owe them first a promise— that just as they did not forget their missing comrades, neither ever will we. And there are other promises. We must always remember that peace is a fragile thing that needs constant vigilance. We owe them a promise to look at the world with a steady gaze and perhaps a resigned toughness, knowing that we have adversaries in the world and challenges, and the only way to meet them and maintain the peace is by staying strong. That, of course, is the lesson of this century, a lesson learned in the Sudetenland, in Poland, in Hungary, in Czechoslovakia, in Cambodia. If we really care about peace, we must stay strong. If we really care about peace, we must, through our strength, demonstrate our unwillingness to accept an ending of the peace. We must be strong enough to create peace where it does not exist and strong enough to protect it where it does. That's the lesson of this century, and I think of this day. And that's all I wanted to say. The rest of my contribution is to leave this great place to its peace, a peace it has earned. Ronald Reagan. I'll just close all this by quoting another teacher of mine responsible perhaps for another 25% of what I know, William Bennett. He put it this way, Plato reminds us that what is real is what endures. That is why events like Operation Overlord will in a value-laden culture, remain vivid and meaningful. War has always been the crucible, that is, the vessel as well as the severest test for our core beliefs. The Battle of Trenton, Midway, Tarawa, those who served with John Paul Jones on the Bonhomme and Richard and the crews of Taffy Three and Lake Gulf, the Marines and brave Navy officers at Frozen Chosen, these things endure. 
But it is not only these things that provide us with the opportunity to remember and revere our past. In the peaceful pursuits of business, politics, religion, culture, and education, we can strive to understand and to pass on to our children the common principles and common virtues that make us essentially American. We can also introduce the next generation to ancient concepts of honor, which have been cheapened for far too long. In the funeral oration, the great Athenian statesman Pericles said, For it is only love of honor that never grows old, and honor it is, not gain as some would have it, that rejoices the heart of age and helplessness. Honor never grows old, and honor gives the greatest joy, because honor is finally about defending noble and worthy things that deserve to be defended, even at high cost. In our time, the cost may be social disapproval, public scorn, hardship, persecution, or even death. I was reading the book The Greek Way by Edith Hamilton this morning, reading through it. This was a book Robert Kennedy, uh, the dad, Robert Kennedy Sr. loved. And Edith Hamilton writes something interesting. She says, quote, civilization, a much abused word, stands for a high matter quite apart from technology and electricity. It is a matter of imponderables, of delight in the things of the mind, of love, of beauty, of honor, grace, courtesy, delicate feeling. Where imponderables are the things of first importance, this is the height of civilization, close quote. Well, this weekend we do our uttermost to those who defended a noble and worthy thing, a thing called America. And as Pericles also said in his famous funeral oration, may we all take comfort in the glory of those who are gone. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. My uh, producer, David Dahl, uh, by the way, I meant to, has produced uh, a bunch of Americana. We're going to be uh, showering on you and with you today. Um, uh, so thank you for doing that, David. And also uh, should acknowledge, you know, we had uh, talked on this show a couple, three days ago about what the, an all-staff meeting we were having and what lunch would be served I was lobbying. Uh, I was lobbying for a six-foot-long sub. I did not get that. We did not get that. But um, the purpose of that meeting was uh, to get our quarterly updates and go over the uh, the quarterly business uh, of Salem and our company and our operation here. And it was also in that may- meeting that uh, David, my producer, was awarded the um, Employee of the Quarter which is a great accomplishment, and we congratulate him. Congratulations, David, on that. Well-earned and well-deserved. I meant to mention that yesterday. Thank you, Seth. You bet. I meant, yeah. I remember one of the nominations, we read the nominations here, one of them said, among all his other, something like among all the other heavy duty he has to take on and has taken on, he has to work with Seth. Oh, if I'm, yeah. Didn't someone say something like that? I, I kind of wish I had those those written down, but I, I, I kind of st- started to tear up at the moment. It was really it was really touching. Oh, you yeah. should ask you should ask the suits to send them to you. The suits, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ask the suits upstairs. We are on thin ice with the suits. We, are we a, on thin ice? Are we? And we haven't even updated the audience on what we actually had. Well, it was pathetic what you had. Oh, so I give and take as well. Okay, we did have sandwiches. 
from a sandwich shop. And um, that was a good thing. Uh, who doesn't like a sandwich? But I don't think you know how to um, select a sandwich, David. <laughs> I took a picture of what you got. <laughs> you did. And I'm looking at it now, and it's it's a bad joke of a sandwich. It starts – I'll just go from top to bottom. It's celery, tomatoes, cucumbers, a slim – a thin slice of cheese, alfalfa sprouts, bread. We I, call this the food my food eats. That is not a sandwich. I don't know what you were thinking. So that was one of two sandwiches I had. The first was a pastrami, which is my, my you know one of my loves. But that one I picked up. I did not know what it was. I saw watercress. I thought it was a Waldorf Astoria sandwich. I was surly. What's a Waldorf Astoria sandwich? I it, you know it has watercress and I think. Are you thinking of a Waldorf salad? And, uh, Are you thinking of a Waldorf salad? Maybe. Yeah, you're thinking of a salad, not a sandwich. Two different items, but congratulations on having to um, put up with me and winning the uh, employee of the quarter. Well deserved. 602-508-0960. We'll get to a lot of other stories around today as well. By the way, if there's someone you want to memorialize or have their memory commemorated here, we're here for that too. We'll be right back. You, all you producers are the same. You're all passive aggressive in your own little ways, aren't you? When I tell you I don't like a song, you will find a way to you will find a way to do it. I, you just you take license. Okay, fine. Mike is in Maricopa. Hi, Mike. Yes. Good afternoon, Seth. How's things down there? Things are pretty going pretty well. How about for you, sir? Everything is good. Uh, first off, I'd like to say thank you to KKNT. You guys run some good commercials talking about the the meaning for this weekend. And, thank you. You know, let's not get lost. So I just yeah, I thank just you like for that. It's it, yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, it's it's important that uh, these things are 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 memorialized on a day dedicated to that very thing because it is it me. Or is it just – is there less of this this year? I, it just seems like there's less less notice of Memorial Day around. That, that might be just my perspective. Well, you know, I can say after – from before, say maybe four or five years ago, it was pretty uh, – there was a lot of we'll call patriotism. Yeah. yeah. And, and then because of the events that had happened in 19 and 20 yeah. and 21. We, we kind of got uh, down thought, on the country too, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, it, no. yeah, there was a lot of – we tapered off. There was a lot less people getting together. But I over the last year, I've seen it coming back, Good. coming up to our Veterans Center Good. when uh, we'd go out there for a flag-raising ceremony on Memorial Day. There'd be like, we'd show up, and uh -huh. that was it. There uh -huh. was no mayor, there was no chief of police, no Boy Scouts, yeah. no this, no that, no city council, No nobody would show up. Yeah. And now they're starting to come back. Oh, again. good. Well, that encourages me. That's encouraging. Thank you for that. Thank you for letting us yes, know. Yes, yes. Uh, and that that's kind of part of what I wanted to call for. Good. You know, I, I call, you know, you know me, Seth. I, I could call every day because mm. I've got something to say about it. But, you know, and, and this is another compliment towards you and the radio station. I really enjoy, you know, your guests. Uh, there, there, you had a lady, I don't recall uh, her name yesterday, talking about her book. Oh, Lisa Davis. Brandon. Yeah, that was incredible, wasn't yes, it? The, it the, was. The way psychotherapy and, has been invaded by progressive politics. Yeah. yeah. Yes, 
yeah, it's uh, kind of. Um, but anyway, but yeah, and Brandon Weikert always got insightful information on the Seth Liebson show. Thanks, so, Mike. And, and you know, sometimes we struggle for words. You know, it's uh, yeah. How do we say happy? And memorial you don't. day. It just doesn't. It just doesn't seem to come out. No, so, you don't. Uh, you don't. You, I, I say have a meaningful one. Okay. How, how about a somber weekend of remembrance? Yeah. Have a or, mo- or, yeah or something. something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Something like that. You want to gather it, with family. You want to gather with friends. You want to have barbecues, but it's important to maybe just take that 3 p.m. moment on the East Coast and, 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 and have some reflection about why it is we're able to do that, why we the living are living. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, it, it, whether you were in the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, I, I would encourage all the listeners out there uh, to get out there and seek out your American Legion post or your VFW Good. post. Good. And there certainly has been, a, a, just like the increase that we talked about, people coming to the flag ceremonies, Good. you know, we there, there was a, the post that I belonged to, um, there was, uh, I'll just say, the um, average age of the people were well into the 60s. Yeah, I know that, too. I know that, too. But but we certainly have been getting a lot of people coming in for, uh, in in our our recent uh, eat deals have been going on. Hey, Mike, do you live in a, uh, do you live in a, uh, in a house in a neighborhood of some sort or another, or are you in a uh, more of a condo apartment or, 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 or commute or planned community? No, I live, uh, I, I call it Maricopa, yeah. but that's because that's where our mail comes through. I yeah. live about 15 miles south. Well, I'm wondering, the, the reason I ask, I, I have to take a break. I'll keep you on if you have, uh, if you have uh, time. I'll put you on on the other side of the break because I don't think you probably got to everything you wanted to, But and I want to give you the time to do so. But the reason I ask, Mike, is um, in your neighborhood, how many American flags are there on, in, on front yards? All over, all, all over. over. The place. See, you're living in a you're living in a neighborhood that takes this stuff more meaningfully. You know, I live in what I thought was a fairly mo- moderate or modest neighborhood, and there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight. There are about eight houses on my block, and I'm the only one. Now, when I walk the Wonder Dog Dagny every morning, we go to a similar neighborhood or a similar street and cul-de-sac a couple blocks away, and there's only one flag there on a block of about 12 houses. It's just, it's odd to me. It's odd to me. We'll be right back. Mike, stay. If you have uh, more to say, we'll be happy to hear from you. Sometimes you're going to have to help me. Tell me what that is that I'm listening to. That is from the 1988 election. Yeah? Yes. 1988 uh, campaign election of yes, George Bush? Yes, that was uh, the Dukakis theme song. Oh, that was the Dukakis. Th- okay, we're being bipartisan. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson. Don't worry, we'll, we'll hit him with some uh, uh, all right. Yeah. All right, good. Yeah, a little, little, little sweet and savory here. Mike and Maricopa, <laughs> thanks for your patience. It's okay. Anyway, so we left off. We were talking about you had asked when I walk around the neighborhood. Yeah, how many flags yeah, I see. yeah. And, and you know, I live out here in the 
in the sticks in yeah. the uh, rural area, and I think we we have more independent-minded of course people you out do. here. Of course, we're, you we're do. not in like homeowners association yeah. where some yeah. somebody's telling us what color we can paint our house, etc. <laughs> I et understand that too, and everything. Yes. So, yeah. so there, there's quite a few flags out here, yeah. and and I would uh, speaking of flags, flag raising. Yeah, I'd ask everybody that's uh, listening within the sound of my voice if they could seek out their their local veteran center, yep. whether it's American Legion, VFW, yep. and chances are on Monday morning, most likely around 8 o'clock in the morning, they're going to have a flag-raising ceremony. Good. So, you know, we, we I really encourage people to, to show up and to show their uh, support and everything. Good. And I'd like to kind of give a shout-out to my friends, Matt and David and Billy, Ralph and Bruce and Dennis and Chuck and Joe and Brian, Larry and Felix and Willie and all the people that I forgot, all my friends and stuff. And, you know, these are trying times. Yes. You know, we, we've come out of some bumpy stuff in the last couple of years. Yep. And, and I'd like to ask people to, you know, come on, dudes. You just set aside your indifferences and your bickering and your infighting. And, and let's rally around, you know, the soldiers, the people that answered the call. Yep. You know, we did... We we weren't you know there's no draft we we enlisted oh of course I know there's people out there in the Vietnam War that are listening and and they they were drafted but you know that that was kind of a thing of the past but there's a you know we answered the call we went out there and you know we're not out here trying to uh, you know well you did this and who did that and what are we out there for and you know let's just set that aside for just one day can we please i hope so and you and you know it with all the stuff that was going on in iraq and afghanistan and recently let me just remind you fairly recently over in fort campbell kentucky the home of the uh, task force 160 you had two helicopters yep. that were out at 10 10 30 at night training yep. most likely blacked out flying on night vision yep. and the helicopters bumped and they crashed and nine people died so it just doesn't just because the war is over quote yep. unquote yep. doesn't mean that there aren't people dying out there That's there was right. recently after that there were some people up in alaska yep. fort rain wainwright right. that died in helicopters Helicopter crashes, right. and uh, right. you know, one thing I, I looked forward to hearing you uh, on the axe uh, blowing some tanks. <laughs> I, I really yeah. uh, appreciate that, and uh, I, I sometimes can hear uh, during the break when you're going back and forth, and you know, talking about what you're going to play at the end and yeah. the bumper music. I'll throw one out here. How about some Johnny Cash? Oh, uh, we've got we've got you play. covered on that, Mike. And thank you for your service to our country, and thank you for your call. We've got you covered on Johnny Cash. What uh, what were you making me think of just a moment ago? You had you had a thought in there, Mike, that uh, had me thinking of something. I'm sure it'll come back to me in a moment. Um, anyway, thank you very much for your service and your call. And you're right. You're right. That's the weird thing about. I think another way we've de- downgraded our patriotism is the way it's been politicalized or politicized. I, depending on how you prefer to pronounce that word or say that word. It seems to me that um, that you know when you make a when you make a moral hero of people and you make a demand of people not to stand for the national anthem and say that's patriotism too. It isn't. 
And when you pit people against each other on, at best, questionable scientific evidence to wear masks and say that's an expression of patriotism, it isn't. These things vitiate the American sense of what it means to be patriotic, too. They turn a mockery. They turn it into a mockery. And I will go one step further and say that the continued pitting of people against each other by declaiming on a movement that calls itself Make America Great Again, that's a politicalization uh, by the left to denounce it as an extremist movement. That's a, that's, that, that's a denunciation and politicalization of patriotism. And by the way, do understand that when people talk in this administration, in this White House, or in this Democratic Party about the extremist mega-maga movement. I guess that's their phrase of art now, isn't it? Do keep in mind, they're talking about everyone who's not a Democrat. How do I know this? I know this because the day that Ron DeSantis announced his presidency, I got email after email from Democratic Party fundraisers, fundraising of uh, uh, please, saying that Ron DeSantis is part of the MAGA movement and you have to help send the money to this Democratic candidate or this Democratic committee to stop the MAGA movement. To them, it's every Republican. Every Republican is that. I, I, I just have never had a problem with, with a notion of making America great again. And, and if there really is a problem with making America great again, if that really is something that should be denounced, set aside, then um, maybe maybe Joe Biden wants to rethink or should th- rethink his campaign ad that starts with an American flag. You know, it's it's no better for him than it is for for other Democrats to be denouncing these notions. It's 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 what makes sense. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Look at this. What a treat and a surprise. Oh, folks, you're in for a real treat and surprise. Something just walked by. I'll tell you about it uh, on the other side of this break. Oh, my goodness gracious, a little baby. How cute, how wonderful. That's, well, there shines a good deed on a cloudy day, as Shakespeare would say, or as Willy Wonka would say. Uh, Rob is in surprise. Um, I will get to you, Rob, in a few moments, if you don't mind. Uh, I got to go to a commercial break. But that, oh, my gosh. I, Mike was saying earlier, sometimes we don't have words. <laughs> words fail. All right, 602-508-0960. We'll be back in just a, just a moment. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Thanks for joining us. Rob is in surprise. How are you, Rob? I'm fine, Seth. And uh, again, I uh, congratulate Dick for uh, his employee of the quarter yeah. award. I hope there's a huge pay raise involved. In I that. yes, <laughs> something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I I was just calling because uh, well, Memorial Day. I wanted to commemorate a couple of people uh, that. Uh, were my heroes. Uh, these are World War II guys. One uh, was America's uh, greatest ace, uh, Richard Bong, who actually came from Poplar, Wisconsin. Um, he 
scored a total of 40 uh, Japanese uh, planes shot down. Uh, tragically was killed uh, test flying a P-80 jet in uh, on August 6, 1945, which was the day that uh, we bombed Hiroshima. But um, we had a with the, there was a Bong Air Base that was supposed to be put together in the late 50s near where I grew up in uh, Kenosha County uh, in Wisconsin. But it stopped because, uh, well, this was Cold War, and they decided that they didn't need the B-58 Hustler anymore. But um, Dick Bong was uh, one of the, well, he was the ace of aces for the U.S. in World War II. And he flew the P-38. Uh, he got his Medal of Honor uh, by Douglas MacArthur. And I found out in doing some research with him that Calvin Coolidge apparently had a summer White House in Superior, Wisconsin, which is like the northwest corner of Wisconsin near Poplar, where Dick Bung had grown up. And I guess there were, you know, planes flying in when Calvin Coolidge was there to bring him mail and God knows what else. And that's what actually got him interested in flying in the first place. Um, so kudos, and he was only 26 when he passed. Uh, it was a plane crash. The, it's always sad. Medal of Honor winner, no less. Um, the second one uh, is actually uh, a Brit, uh, Wing Commander Guy Gibson. He was the commander of 617 Squadron that led the Dam Busters raid in 1943. Um, he was only 24, I think, as mm -hmm. a Wing Commander, mm -hmm. and uh, got the Victoria Cross and everything. He lost... Uh, I think they had 19 Lancasters in the air. Uh, they lost a total of 56 crewmen on, out of 19 planes. 53 were killed uh, on the mission. Three were uh, became POWs. And tragically, Guy Gibson was killed a couple of years later uh, by friendly fire uh, while returning from a mission because he was flying a, a de Havilland Mosquito, which apparently looked like a Junker Ju-88. So, uh, and he was about 25, 26 years old as well. But those are two of my heroes. You bet, man. Uh, They're all of our heroes, Rob. They're all of ours. Yep. Thank you for helping us remember them. You betcha. Bless you for that. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 